Welcome to Commune, a global wellness community and online course platform featuring some of the world's greatest teachers. We are on a mission to inspire, heal, pass down wisdom, and bring the world closer together. This is the Commune Podcast, where each week we explore the ideas and practices that help us live this connected and purpose-filled life. You can check out our courses, our community, and everything we do at onecommune.com. Today's episode is an excerpt from our Commune course, Redefining Leadership with Sean Korn and Off the Mat into the World. How can the principles of yoga teach you to be a better leader? What is your relationship to power? What can you do to change yourself so that positive change reflects into the world? The path to conscious leadership follows alongside these questions. You can watch this full course along with many others by joining Commune membership, visit onecommune.com slash join to try Commune membership for free for 14 days. And now, enjoy this lesson with yoga teacher and spiritual activist, Sean Korn. We can get reactive when there's conflict, when there's crisis, and we're not uh, grounded. By practicing yoga, by learning how to incorporate the deep breathing, it gives us one more tool that we can use for self-regulation and so that we can trust ourselves to be able to show up as mindfully as we possibly can. This then informs the choices that we're going to make. Uh, yoga, as I described, it means to come together and make whole. It recognizes that there's no separation between anything, and that includes heaven and earth, it includes matter and consciousness, it includes the mind-body. We're taught to understand through the practice of yoga that everything is energy, and energy is defined as uh, vibration with information. So my body is energy, that's energy you can see. This rug, my mug, um, it's gross energy. It moves at a slow enough resonance that you can actually, uh, it becomes tangible. But there's also subtle energy. Subtle energies are energies that you cannot see, but you can feel. And as we go forward in our work, this is gonna be very important, is being able to understand and connect with that subtle resonance and the impact that it has on our health and our wellness. Love, for example, is a vibration with information. So is happiness, that's its own energy, that's what binds us. But so is grief, so is rage, so is fear, so is shame. And this is a really important part of the dialogue that I want you to hold on to for a moment. We're gonna put that over here. But it's a way in which we can begin to set the container to understand that conscious leadership requires us to have to do the inner work necessary to hold sacred both what might be considered the lighter parts of ourselves, love, happiness, etc and what's considered the shadow parts of ourselves, the rage, the shame, the fear, the grief, and understanding that it's all vibration, it's all what connects, it's all what makes us whole and complete, and by understanding the particular vibration and the impact that it has on our own particular journey, it helps us to develop what will be critical to conscious leadership, which is empathy. So hold these thoughts for just a little bit, and I'll swing back around. But of course, yoga itself has a philosophy. When we understand that everything is connected, when we understand that everything is energy and it binds, there can be no separation. There can be no 
other. When we look at our societies today and the systems which determine our society, we recognize that everything operates in an unequal power dynamic, a power dynamic, power over, which gives a lot, including resources, influence, power, money, to some, and power under, which gives very little to many. Power over would be considered dominance. Power under would be considered oppression. And if we look at our national and global relationships and the systems that embody that relationship, we see that that's the way in which these th systems thrive. It's the opposite of yoga. It's what creates separation. It's what perpetuates otherness and is the heart of all the issues that we experience um, on a, a global level. Now, if I was to reach through this camera and you and I go out to lunch and hang out, if I asked you if you wanted peace and equity and freedom for all, if I asked you if you believe that all beings everywhere deserve justice, all beings everywhere deserved access to healthcare, to education, to clean air and water, I have no doubt in my mind that you and I would agree absolutely yes, and we'd be committed to doing whatever we could in our power in order to make that so. Here's though the issue that has to be addressed, that everything that happens out in the world is really a manifestation of our collective thoughts. That power over power under dynamic that exists, that separation in which we see that otherizing, we each and every one of us participate in that every day in a variety of different ways. And as a result, why would we expect the world to change when we ourselves are resistant to that same change? To be a conscious leader means you gotta see, you gotta wake up, you gotta pay attention, you gotta be present because you cannot change that which you will not see. And so our work is to pull the veil back and begin to take accountability for the ways in which we create separation, the ways in we otherize, whether we're conscious of it or not, and begin to take ownership of that either conscious or unconscious impulse and begin to reframe our own limits of beliefs so that we can heal those divisions. So hold that, put that over here now. So what happens very often in my experience within the spirituality communities is there can be uh, some bypass that gets done. Very often we're taught that yoga and meditation, spiritual, uh, spiritual practice is designed to open our hearts to love, to bliss, um, and to a sense of transcendence and unification with the whole. It's absolutely 100% true takes a little bit of time. There's some work that has to be done before it gets us there. And often we get taught rhetoric that lets us be able to say the words, but not necessarily embody them as truth. So we often bypass and explain how we feel, explain the circumstances that exist in the world without actually confronting them with our own participation in it within ourselves. And so the work that we do within Off the Mat Into the World is 
all about accountability, about reframing our narratives. It's about looking at the bigger spiritual picture of why things happen as they do. It's about um, really looking at the shadow self and understanding why things happen as they do so that we can continue to mature and heal. The framework in which I want to put this in, the context, is around spirituality. Uh, it's what differentiates leadership from conscious leadership uh, or spiritual leadership, mindful leadership. But I got to take a second just to talk a little bit about what we mean by that. The way in which I define spirituality, it's that which exists within that's of truth and love. And that which exists within it exists within all. In my experience, God was suggested as something patriarchal that showed up when you mess up, that punished. And for a lot of people, we have rejected that particular understanding of God and separate ourselves from the context of spirituality because it's fraught with, for some, a lot of harm. As we go forward and especially for myself, talk about God or spirit, you understand from where I'm coming from that it's not saturated in a dogma, it's saturated in a belief that we are all connected, that love is everything, that truth is our core, and that love is not something we're becoming, it's what we're awakening to, but we have to remember who we are, and that's the work, is remembering who we are, because when I remember who I am fully and completely, I will remember who you are. When I'm able to have empathy for my journey as it is, I will honor and respect your journey knowing that the pathway is bringing you home to your highest self. So, that understood. Now let's jump back to yoga. In the path of yoga, there's eight limbs in which uh, we work with that ultimately lead us towards our awakening, our samadhi. Um, that's the, if there was a goal in yoga, that's the goal. It's the samadhi, it's waking up, it's uh, uh, that emergence with what would be considered the divine or love. This takes lifetimes, just by the way. And in the process of those lifetimes, there's something that we experience that's called karma. And very often we look at karma as being something, you know, right, wrong, good, bad. In the spiritual practice, it, there, we don't compartmentalize like that. That's ego. What we're taught is that we are here in these bodies to awaken and learn what this love is. The rate in which we awaken to this divinity, to this love, is unique to each soul on their path. And all of us have to go up against certain aspects of our ego or our humanity in order to learn these lessons. Therefore, life happens. We can't change what is, but we can change our perception to our experiences. I'm not suggesting this is easy, but I am suggesting there are tools in which we can use that can help us both on an emotional, psychological, spiritual, and physiological level integrate this information so that we can assign meaning even to the incomprehensible, which allows us then to go through that process and mature and see a bigger spiritual reason to why things have happened as they have. But we can't skip steps. 
which is what we tend to do when we approach spirituality through that lens of bypass as if the goal of the practice was just joy. Um, that would be nice, but that would also separate as if grief was somehow bad, as if our anger was somehow flawed. Remember in yoga, no separation. Everything is connected. Everything is integrated. I cannot know my light unless I'm in relationship with my shadow. My hope is that you really start to look at your own particular narratives through this lens. In the spiritual practice, what we're taught is that as you're on this pathway, that everything happens the way it's supposed to in order for the soul to transform. Now I said that as flip as I possibly can because that's a saying that we hear all the time in our spiritual practice that without unpacking it can absolutely seem like bypass. Everything happens the way it's supposed to in order for the soul to transform. It's true and. Everything happens exactly the way it's supposed to in order for the soul to transform because like I said before, you can't change what is. I don't necessarily believe in predestination. I believe in choice. But if something has happened, it happened. And there it is, it's sitting right in front of you. So now what do we do with this piece of information? There's a co-creative process that is going on within the subconscious that what's being mirrored back to us is the essential lesson that'll allow us to witness within ourselves, the places within ourselves that's disconnected from God, that's disconnected from grace. When we can begin to heal those limited beliefs, reframe those narratives and come back into wholeness within ourselves, we can begin to understand this, that everyone's doing the best they can with what little they know based on the trauma they've experienced and the lack of tools that are available to them. That when we don't have access to this spiritual information and are unable to see that bigger, broader spiritual picture, what happens to that emotion? What happens to those bigger feelings? Where do we place it? Where do we go? As a result, we tend to get reactive, making someone else wrong so that we can be right, taking that energy that's within ourselves and projecting it on someone else rather than being able to see the humanity, the divinity within that other soul. As a leader, if I go out into the world and I'm just against something, then all I'm doing is projecting my negativity onto something without seeing that bigger picture, I become the problem. In conscious leadership, we have to be for something. And what it is that we need to be for, my hope is that it's love, it's humanity. It's recognizing the soul within each physical being, seeing where they've come from within their own life and the journey they're on and honoring that person. I believe in my heart that right now, all of us in different ways at different times need to elevate our own consciousness, move away from the limitations of our shadow self and our ego and see the love and the potential in all souls and do what we have to do in order to create this necessary social change without that spiritual context, without truth and love. My rage, my fear, my judgment, my jealousy, my anguish, my grief, my, the quality of my conversation. It's going to determine the way in which I relate, the way in which I connect, the way in which I view the perceived other. 
I need to feel all those feelings. I need to be in relationship with my rage, my fear, my grief, my guilt, all of that. But I cannot let it run the show. My hope is that through these embodied practices, you can begin the process of connecting to that spirit within and that from this point forward, if it's not already a part of your practice, that you will make a commitment to taking a breath, to placing a hand on your heart perhaps, remembering who you are, remembering who we are to each other, and opening yourself to a higher vibration that bonds all of us in love and as one. To have a connection to your practice in this way beyond the body helps us to begin to assign meaning to the tension that lives within our body, purposefulness to the pain in which we've experienced, and motivation to make the necessary changes from inside so that we can not only show up in the world in a more conscientious and mindful way, but so that we can stand in front of the perceived other and recognize who they are truly, the relationship that binds us, and the ways in which all of us are here to teach us how to truly love bigger than we ever imagined possible. Another thing that I want to mention, just as a little seed, so if everything happens the way it's supposed to in order for our soul to transform, and there is no otherizing, maybe stay open to the fact that every moment is a teacher and teaching, and every experience is ultimately for the highest good of our consciousness. To unpack that is so deep, and yet, my hope is that you'll stay open to the possibility of that inquiry for yourself. What would it mean if every experience wasn't something that was being done to you, but it was something that was being done for you? And would you be willing to look at your own experiences, perhaps tonight, and unpacking that just a little bit? So my hope is you also take care of yourself. Uh, maybe also explore some of the questions that I asked earlier. What is God to you? How do you define God? And if you don't like that word, what is the word that you use for spirituality? Whether it's God or spirit or love or whatever, it doesn't matter. As long as we together can move in that direction and work together so that that reality of, of a peaceful, joy-filled and loving world can be made manifest for all. Thank you for listening. Of course, you can email me any old time with comments or input at jeffk at onecommune.com and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts if you are so inclined. That's all from the commune for this week. My name is Jeff Krasno, and I am here for you. Thank you.